Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krupnik, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Motor Company is going to slash its planned production of the all-electric F-150 pickup truck. They're going to slash it in half, citing changing market demands as the green scam blows up. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Busy day today after this press conference with Biden and Zelensky. Thank you for being here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. It really wasn't not a press conference as I've been going on about. It was a sham. It was a it was a staged performance designed to allow Biden and Zelensky unfettered access to make all of their points. I don't know what the hell you even bothered having the the press there for. Just give speeches then. But it was a joke and nothing about Hunter Biden and nothing about this. Now, the border talks. So, again, let me tell you what's really happening here. You and I both know we need a secure border. You know this, and I know this. And right now, the president of the United States is saying that extreme Republicans are holding up Ukraine funding because how dare they demand that the United States of America have a secure border? The nerve of these people. How dare they demand that we have a secure border if we're going to give money to another country to secure their border? How dare these Republicans? And this is the problem. This is the issue, is that Republicans are not going to get border security. They're going to get immigration reform. And I guarantee you whatever comes out is going to be what the Democrats want, and Republicans are going to get nothing. And they're going to, they're going to play along with this, this, this sham. That's what's going to happen. It's a sham is really what it is. You know that. And I know it too. And, it, and I told you this weeks ago, I said, the minute that they started bringing up the entire thing about the border, I told you this is going to be disappointing to us. But you have to give these, these weaselly little Republicans cover. And these people are not willing to die on the hill over this. They're not. They are, they are so afraid. They, they don't understand what you and I know. People don't want this Ukraine funding anymore. Why the hell do you think Trump is winning? Trump is crushing it in the primary right now over Nikki Haley, who is all in on Ukraine funding. All in. And the Republican establishment is all in on Nikki Haley. They've decided now that she's the golden child. DeSantis can't win. So they're all behind her now. And she's got the new endorsement, the endorsement of the governor of New Hampshire today. Another, another moderate Republican. The, the establishment wants her. Why? Because she's all in on this perpetual Ukraine funding. But think of where the Republican voters are. I, am, I, I played Steve Kornacki earlier. I don't normally play cuts twice, but this is worth it. This is Kornacki talking about Trump's gains in Iowa as we are now 35 days away from the first in the nation, Iowa caucus and the primaries and everything else. This stuff is really going to start happening very, very quickly. 
And Trump's lead is, is, is insurmountable at this point, which is why they're trying to stop him in court. But just ask yourself, if Ukraine funding was so popular with the Republican base, why the hell does Trump have such a lead? Why? Why? Take a listen. Exactly 35 days, almost I think a month until the Iowa caucuses. This what we're going to show you, our brand new NBC News Des Moines Register poll. The Des Moines Register poll is taken by Ann Selzer. She is known as one of the best in the business and certainly the authority when it comes to polling on Iowa. So let me show you these numbers. Republican side for the Iowa caucuses. We now have Donald Trump leading with an outright majority in Iowa, 51 percent. Ron DeSantis, a very distant second at 19. Nikki Haley, 16. Ramaswamy and Christie at four. We last polled Iowa in October, also with the Des Moines Register. Since then, look at this Donald Trump's lead. He has added eight points to his total. DeSantis up a couple. Haley, who had been moving flat, uh, I think it's significant because in the month leading up to this poll, you had Ron DeSantis pick up the endorsement of the governor of Iowa, the endorsement of a key evangelical leader in Iowa, got a lot of press attention for completing a 99-county tour of Iowa, had a Fox News debate against Gavin Newsom in front of millions of Republican-leaning voters, and was part of that fourth Republican debate last week that Donald Trump wasn't in. So for all those things that we thought might be given DeSantis a boost over the last month, it is Trump, despite not participating in the debates again, it's Trump who's made the big gains. Trump who's moved to 51% in this Iowa poll. Just a couple other numbers we can show you behind this. These are evangelical voters in Iowa. Remember, Donald Trump finished third with this group in 2016 when he ran in Iowa and lost. Now he leads it overwhelmingly, exact same number as what he gets overall. Evangelicals could make up two out of every three caucus goers yeah this is let me tell you the latest polls here that i have here my formerly pangolin stained fingers real clear politics average of polling today tuesday december 12th 2024 republican presidential nomination reuters ipsos poll trump 61 desantis 11 Haley 11, Ramaswamy 5, Christie 2, Asshat Hutchins at uh, statistically insignificant, and B- Doug Burgum too. I mispronounced his name at the Santa's Yeah, I think you mispronounced oh. it. Yeah. Asshat Hutchinson. That's uh, closer, but. Uh, Trump is up 50. That's a 50 point spread. All right. So this isn't, you know, I mean, again, this is not a situation where I turn around and say, yeah, I'm going to get some DeSantis supporter who's going to come after me. Don't come after me. I'm just, I'm sharing the data with you. The Iowa Republican Presidential Caucus, Trump is up 32 in that NBC News poll you heard Kornacki going on about. In the South Carolina Republican primary, Trump's at 49, Haley's at 23. He's up 26 points over the former governor of South Carolina. I don't know what else to tell you. I've, I've also heard theories that uh, like I have a great, a, a wonderful guy that I, I just uh, I think the world of who had this crazy political point that if all Nikki Haley has to do is just drag Trump to the more moderate states and she can win there. Let me share California with you. In the California Republican presidential primary, Trump has a 43 point lead over Nikki Haley in California. Trump's at 56, DeSantis is at 12, Haley's at 13, and the others are all in very low single digits. 
Trump's up 43 in California. So if her goal here is I'm going to survive long enough to take him one-on-one, one-on-one in California, even if all those other guys get out of the race, he still wins. I mean, I'm no math guy, but just do the math. All right, Matt DeSantis, since you're – add up these numbers for me. You got a calculator? Oh, sorry, or just use that yeah. Harvard brain of yours? I'll, I'll do my best. All right, what's 12 plus 13 plus 5 plus 2 plus 2 plus 2 plus 0 for Asset Hutchins? I think 36. Okay, 36. Now, so that means if all the other candidates in the race get out of the race and there's one candidate and they get – and then they all support that candidate, 36%. Trump's at 56%. Now, I'm no math guy, but I think that's more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me get my calculator. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm right. It is more. 56 yeah. is more than 36. Uh, hold on. Let me double check. Just, yeah, good, quick, uh, quick run on. of the numbers. We want to give out uh, false information yeah. here. Uh, yes. Yeah, it is more. Okay, good. <laughs> see that? That's California. You see, I, I mean, I've been saying this race is over for how long now? This is, it's just political reality. I deal in the real world. I deal in the real world, not the world I want to live in, not the world where pizza doesn't make me fat if I eat it three times a day. I deal in the real world. I'm a realist. I get it. I see it. I mean, I'm a poet and an artist too, but I'm also a realist and I see it. These numbers are the numbers. These numbers don't lie. These leads are so insurmountable that you can't, Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis can't even steal California from Trump. Republican primary in California, Trump still wins by 20 freaking points. It's not even close. It's not even close. And he wants to end this Ukraine nonsense. So what does that tell you about where the voters are? Nikki Haley's all in. DeSantis has said multiple things, kind of been all over the place on this. Trump has been adamant. This war ends when I'm president. This, this war is over on day one. He's been adamant about it. So ask yourself where the Republican base is. Where is the Republican base? Not the establishment, not the people that run the place, but the actual voters. Let's take Michigan. The Michigan Republican presidential primary. Michigan is a must-win state. Trump has a 43-point lead. So again, even if all the other candidates got out of the race and they backed one person, Trump still wins by double digits. He's at 58%. He can't lose this primary. It's a political impossibility. And I know that it's very rare that I ever say in politics that something is impossible because politics is the art of the possible. But these numbers, there is no, there is no way anyone can beat these numbers. Something would have to happen to Trump that, that's an externality to cause any of this to change, meaning he gets hit by a bus or an asteroid or something like that. You said he's even leading in Florida, Matt. You have those numbers? Yeah, according to the real clear politics polling averages, he is beating Ron DeSantis in Florida. Um, the latest poll had him up 40. Up 40 points in Florida. Yeah, 60% to 20%. The last time DeSantis actually led... Um, was in February. <laughs> that was a Ouch. hypothetical poll, I guess, they, they took back in February. Ouch. North Carolina Republican primary. Trump's at 63. 50-point lead. Even if all the other candidates got out of the race, even if Haley and DeSantis formed an alliance and, and you still, you don't even come close to beating him in North Carolina. These are not, I'm not, 
I'm not giving you fake numbers here. I'm I'm just I'm giving you the reality check, which is the point though that I'm making. Republican primary voters do not want this Ukraine war to continue. They do not want this money, this money laundering operation scam to continue going on. The Republican primary is over. It's over. Trump won. Trump is the de facto Republican nominee. You don't have to like that, but you have to accept reality. Gravity is a B if you try to go against it. There are there are just certain political forces that you just have to accept. There is no math. There is no scenario where Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis become the nominee. Short of Trump dying. Because even if Trump is incarcerated, it's not going to change this. This is happening right now when Trump is under uh, federal indictment, which is ratcheting up very, very quickly. He's in court in New York. He's, he's being charged in Georgia. It's not like all that hasn't come out yet. It's all come out and people say, I don't care. I'm still voting for him. And the only argument that the Republican establishment has is that he can't win the general election. Yeah, but nobody believes that either. Because when you look at the national polls, Trump is beating Biden. Now, he's not beating Biden by as much as, say, Haley is or DeSantis is, but he's still beating him. And the reason for that is, I'll tell you exactly what the reason is. Here, here's what it is. People are lying to pollsters again when it comes to that hypothetical matchup. Republican primary voters are not lying. They're telling the truth because they support Trump. They want everybody to know it. So they're not hiding from that fact. In the, in the general election, however, in the general election, it's a very different story. You got another state for me, Matt DeSantis? I don't, but I could find That's one. That's all right. Want to hear Virginia? I got Virginia. Sure. What do you got in Virginia? All right, let me give you Virginia here. When they talk about Glenn, uh, Glenn Youngkin possibly jumping in the race, right? Maybe he will jump in and maybe he'll save the day. Trump's at 51%. He's got a 37-point lead in the Virginia Republican presidential primary. Jeez, that's with Youngkin included in that poll, too. That's with Youngkin included in that poll at 10. So let's do some quick math, shall we? What's 14 plus 10? Plus 10. 24, 34. Plus 3. Uh, 37. Plus 2. That'd be 39. Okay, Trump's at 68. I'm sorry, in that poll, I'm sorry, Trump's at uh, 51. So 51 to 39, you said? Yeah. And that's with Glenn Youngkin in the race. Mm-hmm. So, so let's say Glenn Youngkin's the nominee in Virginia, or I mean, he's the, he's the one left standing in Virginia. Trump still beats him by over 10 points. Oh, let me double check the math. Yeah, you're right. It is more. It is more. I have to check these things. I'm not a math guy. So my, so my point is that this is where the Republican electorate is, is at. And the other point, too, is that the, the reason why the special counsel is coming after him is because when voters are asked the question about Donald Trump, they lie to pollsters because they don't want to admit that they're going to vote for Trump. But when they're asked about another candidate, they tell the pollster the truth because they think it's okay and they don't want Biden again. But that same voter still doesn't want Joe Biden. Nothing has changed about that. Nothing about that has changed. These voters don't want Biden. Biden is losing and Trump is going to be the nominee. And the only chance they have to stop him, the only chance they have right now to stop him is if they find a way to bar him from being on the ballot because being incarcerated is not going to stop him. Being found guilty is not going to, is not going to stop him. Nothing is going to stop him. He's an unstoppable political force.
You don't have to like it, but you got to accept reality here. You have to accept reality because reality is a very, very stubborn thing. And so that's why the special counsel, Jack Smith, is coming after him with such intensity now looking at his phone, looking at the apps and the text messages and everything else around January 6th and why he is hell-bent on getting him. Once again, here's Jonathan Turley. I'll play this clip again. I don't normally do this, but I think it's worth it because it backs up the point that I'm making, which, as usual, is an incredibly poignant political point. Cut number six. Well, it's not that this has never been attempted before, but it is not the regular order of things. He Smith had just filed, or this matter was just filed before the D.C. Circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he decided that he wanted to leapfrog over the Court of Appeals and go directly to the Supreme Court. The only reason for that is that he is uh, really focused entirely on trying Trump during this campaign and, po- and trying to convict him before the election. The question is whether the Supreme Court's going to feel that that is such an urgent uh, priority uh, that you actually uh, bring this case before Super Tuesday. Uh, usually the Supreme Court likes to hear from multiple court of appeals. They certainly want normally to hear from at least one on these issues. Mm-hmm. And so they may not have the same sense of priority as Smith, uh, who seems almost obsessed uh, with trying Trump before the election. Is there any other reason other than politics to want to do that? Well, there's a tactical reason. If Trump wins, he can pardon himself, and then Smith will never see a jury in this case. I mean, so if if Trump uh, does prevail in the election, if he's not convicted at that point, he can Mm. give himself a preemptory uh, pardon. He doesn't have to wait for the trial. Understand what's happening here. But for every one of these wussy little mealy mouth little neocon Republican establishment types, the people in the Republican Party do not stand with you on funding Ukraine. They don't want this to continue. And you're not going to make them happy if you put together some weak ass border secure immigration reform package that has nothing to do with the border. And you're not going to get the cover you need. I'm telling you right now. If you think that's going to give you the political cover with the Republican base, you are wrong. You are wrong. To hear Mitch McConnell stand up there, that dinosaur, and freeze in place on the Senate floor and talk about how we have to get Ukraine this money, this is a relic of what the Republican primary voters want. And it's not even close. It's not even close. If every single other candidate got out of the race tomorrow and they all back Nikki Haley, Trump still beats her double digits, double digits. And I know that there are people listening who may say, well, Rich, I don't think you're being fair because then it'd be a one-on-one battle and a one-on-one contest and people would say, no, it's the fact is Trump's support has only increased as the government has gone after him. His support has gone up as the other opponents in the race have gone after him. His support has gone up. Their support has plummeted. And you talk about surges of some of these other Republican candidates, what, two, two points? Statistically ne- negligible, statistically uh, completely useless, two points? And all this money, all this money that's spent? So let's not 
fool ourselves here. This the Republican primary is is over. It was over a long time ago. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you'd like to weigh in today. And a very very busy show. My buddy Dr. Mike Venaria, great guy, great friend of the show, and the master of dental implants. VenariaDental.com. How about this Christmas you give yourself something? The gift of a beautiful smile. A smile that's going to light up the room, something you deserve. You know, the thing about Dr. Mike is that he's a great guy. He puts the care of his patients first and foremost, and he's going to make sure you have a wonderful experience. That's why people travel from all over for the great work of Dr. Mike Venaria. They travel because they know he's the best, like Mama Zioli, who comes up from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And people come from Pennsylvania, and they come from all Texas, California. He's got patients everywhere. Two offices to serve you, Cinnaminson and Woodbury. Pain-free root canal treatment if necessary. It's available. Uh, cosmetic dentistry. Yeah. Everything that Dr. Mike does is the absolute best. Even our buddy Nick Kale went to see him. He had a problem with, I think, grinding his teeth or something. Dr. Mike took care of him for it as well. That's the beautiful part about Dr. Mike Venaria. It's a care-forward, care-driven dental practice. You have a lot of these chain dental offices out there. These chain dental offices, you have to understand... These places, they are about making the bottom line because they've got big, big overhead. Dr. Mike is about care. That's why for decades, he has been the dentist that people call. And for 10 years in a row, he's been regarded as one of the absolute best in South Jersey, the best in South Jersey. So don't wait. Get yourself a wonderful gift. Give yourself the gift of a smile. If you've had a, an estimate for dental work, complicated dental work like dental implants, get a second opinion. Reach out to him today. Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, venariadental.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. All right, it is Tuesday night. We are approaching the final portion of the show. I want to see a Friday in Cape May, okay? It's going to be our last and final live show of the year. Uh, Matt DeSanct, the Traitorist, will be there. We'll have a lot of fun. The bar will be open. And your fellow Zilli Army members will be together. It'll be an enjoyable night. So make sure you come out for that, okay? Uh, last and final show of the year. This is it. Friday night, Grand Hotel at Cape May. It's Christmas time in Cape May. It's a beautiful time to be there. Uh, so join us. 3 to 7 p.m. You can come for the whole show. You can come for a portion of the show. You can, however you want to do it. You can have dinner at Hemingway's Restaurant after the show. However you like. Uh, but just make sure you join us. We'll have a nice big crowd for our last and final show of the year at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. Of course, my happy place. Um, a couple other things I need to get to with you. So first of all, the I just sent Matt DeSantis a clip here. This is an interesting one here. A little super cut put together by Tom Elliott from Grabian. What he loves to do over there, and he's very, very good at it. We get a lot of audio from Grabian. He, he does these mashups sometimes. He calls them super cuts. And this one now is it's basically a... a, a giant combination of various talking heads in the media, obviously the corporate media, who are all warning about the worst things that will happen if, 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 if Trump wins. Now, this is the key, and this is why the Democrats are so incredibly screwed here. And this is why it's almost, it's, a, it's kind of a checkmate situation at this point. It's kind of checkmate. And it's this. 2024, this is grim. That's what a Democratic pollster said. And this is from the far right wing New York Times. 
This is grim. And here's the key takeaway. And I shared this with you last week. I went into detail about this, but it's still very important. So James Carville's group asked voters a number of questions, right? And all kinds of different things. In the email, the the summation of the poll said the following. This is grim. The study, he said, found that collectively voters in the Democratic base of blacks, Hispanics, Asians, LGBTQ++, IA, every letter of the alphabet, Gen Z, millennials, unmarried and college women give Trump higher approval ratings than Biden. But here's the key point here. And this is crazy. Joe Biden is only leading on the question of protecting democracy by one point. On the question of making democracy more secure, it's a tie. On the question of the president will not be an autocrat, Joe Biden has a two-point lead. In other words, all of the effort by the left, the corporate media, big tech and the government, the unholy triad, to paint Trump as a dictator and a demagogue, even Democrats don't buy it. Even the Democratic base doesn't buy the argument. They don't believe it. So despite the histrionic warnings of people in the media, they're not buying it. So my point is it's checkmate here. If that's all you have, you can't run on the economy because it was better under Trump. You heard uh, in the top of the hour news, you heard, uh, uh, what's her name? Jill Schlesinger come out and say, if you want to be able to have $100 today, you would need $120 today. I'm sorry, if you needed the equivalent of what $100 was before Biden became president, you would need $120 today. You would need $120 today. This is, they can't, they, they, they can't talk about the economy. So they try to make it out to be that Donald Trump is a demagogue and authoritarian is going to destroy democracy. But here's another point. Thank you for reminding me of this, Matt. When they're asked on questions of extremism, they view Democrats as more extreme. Particular, quote, particularly worrisome for Democrats who plan to demonize Trump as a threat to democracy are the advantages Trump and Republicans have on opposing extremism. They have a three-point lead on opposing extremism. Getting beyond the chaos, six points, and protecting the Constitution, eight points. In other words, despite the constant warnings that Trump is a danger to democracy and he's the next Hitler and Mussolini and blah, 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 people don't buy it. And what's worse for Democrats is they think the Democrats are the party of the extremists because they've seen all these nutbag progressive lunatics on TV like uh, Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar and AOC and all these other people. They're the extremists and the voters are, are saying that. So the Democrats, it's checkmate for them. They don't have anything they can win on. They can't talk about the economy. It was better under Trump. They can't talk about peace in the world because we had more peace under Trump. There's can't talk about crime. Crime was better under Trump, too. And people blame Democrats for crime. The border, it's it's an open disaster. There's nothing. There's not one issue besides abortion that Democrats win on. But even that issue, when you go outside of the people who just vote on that issue, the other issues trump that issue. So unless you're a one issue voter, and you're, and if you are on that issue and you're, and, and, and it's, if for you, it's about quote unquote abortion rights, you're voting Democrat anyway. It doesn't matter. 
So in my opinion, it doesn't even count. But you ask voters the, the most important issues to them, and they're not saying abortion. They're saying the economy. And this is why the Democrats have a real problem here. A real problem. Because how do you beat him if your one argument that you have, your one attack point, is that he's a threat to democracy and that's not moving the needle in your direction. In fact, it's moving the needle in his direction. So here's a little compilation of the media trying to do their thing, scaring people. And now that you have some context, you understand how all they're doing literally is entertaining themselves like a giant circle, you know what, as they all say these things for their own benefit, but not moving the needle with voters, even people who are Democrat voters. Take a listen. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president. Um, it, it, because if he is, you can't imagine the things that he's going to do. Mexico, Canada, we can't go to Canada because eventually Canada will become annexed to America and shoot visitors to the White House. Yeah, that means he can shoot the first lady. We're going to see violence, the likes of which we didn't even see on January 6th. Make it illegal to run against him, to throw his opponents in jail, to shut down the media. He will make himself into the Fuhrer and he will make everybody raise their hand and salute him. Using martial law against the American people. Terminate the Constitution. To rewrite the Constitution. Create mass internment camps. Throw everyone into Gitmo. Might be sent to jail or their rights might be suppressed, especially minority groups in society. You might have any number of things happen to you and your family. Every one of us our freedom, our liberty. None of us is safe. It's going to have people around him executing against an enemy's list. Assassinate generals. Ordering troops uh, to um, attack American citizens. Trump's very well-armed and extremist base will try to kill people. He's going to basically burn the house down. He will unravel the institutions of our democracy. Draw similarities between Mussolini and Hitler. Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini. Makes Donald Trump even more dangerous. Wants to take away your vote. Senate and the House are immediately going to be paralyzed. People will begin in their minds to censor themselves. They might say, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. This is the end democracy. Yeah. I think that could be the end of our democracy. But democracy is dead if Trump is reelected. Cozy up to Putin that democracy will be at risk. The absolute destruction of the Justice Department as we know it. The Justice Department could be entirely transformed. I am really concerned about that. Every person who was associated with the attempted coup elevated in the administration. He's reelected. He will curb transgender rights. The end of the rule of law. Arrest political opponents to persecute, not prosecute to persecute his enemies. Take a wrecking ball to the rule of law. He's going to make the law. Everyone else will have to follow. A vote for Donald Trump uh, may mean the last election that you ever get to vote in. To go after the independent and free parts of American civic life. He would tear down our institutions. Purge the government of employees. Department by department effort to weaponize the powers of the government. To use the military to quash protests. Reading the government of all democratic safeguards Junking American democracy as we have always known it. That he would try to stay in office beyond a second term. That he would never leave office. There's no question. Trump is reelected. He won't leave. Donald Trump will never leave office voluntarily. And what that means is that everybody who wants us to remain a republic has to put every other thing aside and work together urgently right now to stop that from happening. 
Yeah, it's a shame, you know, you got a message and nobody's buying your message. You are putting out a message and nobody's buying the product. And you can't pivot, there's nothing they can pivot to. And so you're going to pivot to the economy? You're going to pivot to Bidenomics? Here is America's grandmother, Janet Yellen, earlier today. And uh, I asked Matt to please pull the short clip because it's I have a better chance of getting through this if it's the short clip versus the long clip. <laughs> Uh, without without making references to Buffalo Bill in Silence of the Lambs. I'm not optimistic. Even the short clip is 39 seconds. I don't think you're going to get 15 seconds into this thing. You don't think I can, I can, I can make the full 39? Uh, it depends how long the initial question is. Um, but yeah, assuming she jumps right in, I, I can't imagine it's more than 15 seconds at most. Okay. All right. Let's try it. I don't have to tell you this, but there's a disconnect right now. You see some of the surveys. People say they're very unhappy with the economy. They, they feel worse off than three years ago. But you look at these kind of headline numbers and you say, well, what's not like to like about low unemployment and inflation coming down? Why do you think there is this disconnect? And are you concerned about the fact that the administration's message around Bidenomics isn't landing? So I think... Um We've, we've been through a lot. Well, you, Everybody you could use my phone and call people <laughs> and find out about Bidenomics. Do you want to know how long you made it? How long? Uh, technically 26 seconds, but also most of that time was the interviewer asking her a question. So I'm not sure I can credit you with the full 26. It's probably closer to about eight or nine. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a real problem. Come you on, Henry. Make- Oh, wait. Is she a great big fat person? Yeah, these people that don't like Bidenomics, are you the great big fat people? <laughs> Would you boomerang me? I'd boomerang. I can't. She just sounds like Buffalo Bill. I, I, can't, I can't help it. I can't hear anything she says. All I hear is Buffalo Bill every time. Can we please just listen to our answer? Okay, you just okay. have to make it about 20 seconds here. All right. Since you run Bidenomics isn't landing. So I think um, we've, we've been through a lot. Everybody's the pandemic caused an enormous amount of disruption in people's lives. And um, it puts the lotion in the basket or it gets the hose again. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. You are so close. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it, damn it. You were so close. There was just four more seconds in the clip. <laughs> okay, let's do it. And, um,. We're still. Oh, could you please give me a hand with this? Could you please? <laughs> you went backwards. I backed it I up know, a couple seconds, and now we're actually worse off than uh, when we entered. <laughs> the aftermath of what's been a serious shock. There, you did it. Okay, I made Ooh. it through. That was not easy. <laughs> that was not easy. It was a 15-second response. That was very tough. That took all of my all of my professional host abilities right there <laughs> to get through that. All of my maturity and all of my self restraint. So, just saying. Uh, all right, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, my buddy Tom Skopinich, friend of mine, the other day was in an accident, a very serious accident. 
Well, thank God he's okay. Got rear-ended, and um, he's he's uh, he, he reached out to me. I mean, I mean, thank God he survived is what I mean. He reached out to me, and he said, who's uh, your friend, the attorney? And I said, Tom Skopinich. Within a couple of, I think like within an hour, uh, he and Tom connected on the phone. Tom is helping him and helping his family. That's what Tom Skopinich does. If you are injured in an accident, he is going to be there for you and he's going to fight for you. And he's been doing that for over 25 years, fighting for people in our region. He's licensed in PA and New Jersey. If you are hurt in an accident, you have to maximize your recovery. You have to get what you deserve. And I'm telling you, you're very often going to be battling the insurance companies because too often in these situations, people think the insurance company has my back. The insurance company has their back. It's their bottom line they're concerned about, not yours. That's why you need the law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich. He is a fighter. And the secret weapon is, well, two things. Number one, he's not one of these friggin' billboard clowns. You're not going to deal with some someone who's, you're going to deal with him. You're going to deal with him directly. And that's a beautiful thing. Secondly, he knows how the insurance companies operate. You see, prior to starting his own law practice, he used to work for and on behalf of the insurance companies. So he understands their tactics. He knows what they're going to do uh, even before they do it. And he can bring that in insider information to the table when he's fighting for you to maximize your recovery and get what you deserve. Reach out to him today at scopelawyer.com, S-C-O-P-E lawyer.com. The law offices of Thomas G. Skopinich, fighting for people in our region for over 25 years, an office in Montgomery County, PA, Lansdale, but licensed in PA and New Jersey. He will fight for you on either side of the river. Get what you deserve, scopelawyer.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Well, it's been quite a Tuesday. Thank you for being here today. Appreciate it. Tuesday's gone with the wind. Uh, tomorrow, well, Friday will be in Cape May, so I'm excited for that. We'll be live at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. Uh, for our next live show. So I'm excited for that. So make sure you join us for that and come out and see us 3 to 7 p.m. We'll be there. The bar will be open and we'll have some fun. I'm going to do my best to not drink on the air so that I can get through all those Janet Yellen clips because there's more of them. I'm sure Matt DeSantis (laughs) will have more for me tomorrow. I'm really going to try. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun to end end the year on such a positive note, being together with the Zioli Army, together in Cape May at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. That'll be a lot of fun. There's a bunch of stuff I didn't get to today because we took the press conference, obviously. Well, it's a sham of a press conference, but the only takeaway from this that's worth uh, sharing regarding it is this one reporter who asked a question of Biden about, like, hey, you know, when when do you say, like, enough is enough here? And you notice how Biden comes up and he gives this phony speech about standing with Israel. And then the next breath, he says, we're worried about civilian deaths. And behind the scenes, they're trying to kneecap Israel and they're trying to get this to, to be over. Uh, and they're tying it to American money. You know, and if I were Netanyahu, I'd say, we don't want your damn money. We're going to handle this on our own. I wouldn't listen to Biden. But you see, Israel doesn't have receipts. They don't own the Bidens like Ukraine does. So that's the difference. So when this reporter asks this question, it's a logical question, and it's actually consistent with Biden's sort of foreign policy doctrine here, if you think about it. You consider what he's telling Israel, what he's not telling Ukraine, 
with Israel, they're, this, our government, Biden's government, we're supporting a ceasefire. We want this to end. I don't, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they do. They're in charge. They want this to end, right? But not with Ukraine. They're not saying that with Ukraine. And this is why it's so glaringly obvious. The distinction is that Ukraine owns Joe Biden. Take a listen. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, for President Biden, um, Ukraine's counteroffensive has, uh, has stalled in recent months. Uh, Congress is blocking aid, uh, and Vladimir Putin appears ready to just wait things out. Um, so what is the strategy for the U.S. and Ukraine next year to try and turn this, uh, turn this around? And if that fails, uh, at what point do you say to Ukraine, as a friend, uh, that it is perhaps time to start looking at peace talks? And for President Zelensky, um, welcome back to Washington. Um, can I ask you, did you uh, hear what you wanted to hear from Congress and from President Biden? Um, and uh, or are you indeed more worried than when you got here? Thank you very much. Well, let me uh, answer the question first. Let's put this in perspective. Remember how far Ukraine has come. Russia's failed, failed us far in trying to erase Ukraine. So it, it, you don't have to listen to, the, to He's just reading off no cards. The prepared answer. The question was a scam. The answer is a scam. Uh, there, there'll be no discussions of that for two reasons. Number one, Zelensky has the receipts. Number two is the fact that, and this is going to be the big thing tomorrow. You're going to hear these mealy mouth Republicans repeat it that it's American manufacturing, American defense contractors. They're the ones you see. They're the ones who are really making money off this. Uh, This is a good thing for our economy, actually, because you can see that it is the American defense manufacturing industry that is being paid for all these weapons that Ukraine is using. So, no, we will tell Israel what to do. We'll try to get a ceasefire there. We'll work behind the scenes in the United Nations to get that done, but not with Ukraine. There'll be no discussions of that. The reporter asked a very good question. Like, at what point do you say to Ukraine, we got to sit down at a negotiating table here? It's a, it's a legitimate, very, very articulate question from the reporter. And I'm surprised he even was allowed to ask it. At what point do you say to Ukraine that it's time to start looking at peace talks? That's exactly right. But I think the only reason why they allowed the, con- the question to be asked was that so Biden could go on a tangent about how we absolutely cannot allow Russia to win and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and, and to outline what that looks like, which is Ukraine is an independent sovereign nation and they don't secede, cede an inch of territory to Russia, which you and I know that means that this will go on for 10 years at minimum, minimum 10 years. Maybe longer. All right, listen, have a great rest of your night tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Appreciate it very, very much. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Keep the conversation going. And I'll see you in KMA on Friday, okay? Just a couple days away, Friday at the Grand Hotel for our last and final Christmas spectacular broadcast. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app.